Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. If you would, grab your Bible. We're going to go to Acts chapter number 11, and we are actually going to finish this chapter today, maybe get into an introduction of chapter number 12, uh, but we'll just see how it goes. But let's pick up today. Now, remember yesterday where we left off, we talked about this uh, description that's given for Barnabas. It matches up exactly to the requirement given in Acts chapter 6 of those who would wait on the tables and wait on the people and serve the congregation so that the apostles could give themselves over to prayer and study and all of those things. And, and you know, uh, it's so uh, relevant for ministry today. No matter who is going to be ministering to, uh, let's say, the children, the youth, uh, ushering, greeting, so forth, doing media sound. These people all need to have a heart for Jesus and a heart for people. Uh, we can't just be about the works. If we are, then we're going to be hurtful to people, we're going to be um, intolerant of people and all of that. Uh, and it's no different today in that I and you know the pastoral team, but specifically me, because it seems like if you're the one up there preaching, everybody wants to talk to you. Uh, I have to really uh, stay focused on what God's called me to do. Of course, being around people and, and engaging people and listening to people's stories and, and sharing the word with them. That's what I love to do. But uh, I also have to make sure that I'm giving proper time and attention to hearing from the Holy Spirit, not just in sermon preparation, but in the vision casting and the direction and the overall guidance of the ministry. Um, because if I get so caught up with everything else, uh, and everybody else, frankly, uh, there's not enough time for me to dedicate to the things that I need to do to hear the voice of God for me and for my family and then for the ministry. So it's important to have good people around you, people that have the same heart, have a heart for Jesus, a heart for people, and just want to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. And it has been a great joy of mine. One of the great joys of my life, actually, to see people rise up and accept that call and accept that um that challenge to to work alongside Eve and I and our family. It's just been a joy. So with all that said, then we get into where we're going to pick up today in verse 25. Let me, let me just read where I left off yesterday in verse 24, uh, chapter 11 of Acts. It says, For he, speaking of Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. And again, we went back to Acts 6 and we read that where the disciples were choosing men. They chose seven. Of course, Stephen and, and Philip were the most uh, famous, I, I guess you could say. Uh, but there were seven of them, all with these same characteristics. And then we go on and it says, Then Barnabas departed from for Tarsus to seek Saul. And like we said yesterday, we had not seen Saul since the, the middle part of chapter number 9 where he got saved, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, re regained his sight by the miracle of God, the healing of God. And then he went out and began to preach uh, Jesus as the Christ. And suddenly, all the people that were helping him harass the church and Christians were now wanting to kill him. So the disciples that were there in Damascus helped him escape. And then he's sort of been on the lamb, if you will. And we don't see him resurface until now in this, uh, in this passage about Barnabas. He's looking for Saul, and he's uh, going down to Tarsus, which was actually Saul's hometown. In verse 26, it says, When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was that for a whole year they assembled uh, with the church and taught a great many people, 
And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And so this is very interesting to me that, that Barnabas and Saul now um, come from Tarsus up to Antioch. And for a year, they just meet with the church. They, they disciple the church. They download all the things that have happened um, pursuant to Christ, resurrection, his great commission, and not just for the Jews now, but for the Gentiles. And they are just pouring into the church. You know, the church has, ha- has got a bad rap. Uh, over the years. Uh, so many people blame things on, on church. Honestly, friends, it, church is good. Church is is edifying. Church is, is gratifying. It's fulfilling if uh, if it's done properly, and I, and I have to say that I'm not coming against anybody, but I'm telling you, it's it's got to be life giving. It's got to be grace. Uh, it's got to be uh, encouraging. It's got to be hopeful. It's got to be healing. And all these things, and there are places that call themselves church where people are wicked and they're they're religious and they're legalistic and they put a lot of heaviness on people. And Jesus said, "Come unto me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." And and you can go to some places and not get that. And yes, that can destroy your life, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Find a place that lines up with the Bible. It all goes back to you knowing what the Word of God has to say. That way, if you walk into a place and they're not preaching the Bible, then get up and leave. If they're not loving and accepting and encouraging and giving hope and life and and all of these things to people, then you're in the wrong place. And yes, that can be destructive, but it's not because you you were in church that your life has gone the way it has. That's not the reason here. And so Paul, or Saul at this time still, and Barnabas thought church was very important. They had a church in Jerusalem. We saw, we'll see in a minute, that prophets are going to come down from that church. Uh, so church is part of God's plan. If we, we, the church, are the bride of Christ. And yes, the church is every individual. Every individual. But face it, you are never going to be who God called you to be if you don't hook up with other people. And guess what you're going to do? Where you're going to do that? You're going to do that in a, in a local church setting. It is the plan of God. And when you find that place and when you connect, because so many people consider themselves guests instead of hosts. If we would have a host mentality, I'm telling you, the world would change. Your worldview would change. doesn't escape the fact that we need to find a, a life-giving entity, uh, okay, because some places just are not. And that's sad, and I know that the statistic is about five churches a day shut down. Frankly, that's probably not a bad thing. Uh, some people are pastoring who were never called to pastor. Somebody told them they were going to pastor. Somebody had a word from the Lord for them that God never told them. Uh, and you know what? They're they're damaging people, some of them. Some of them are not. Some of them are just, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of different variables that you could come into play there. But, but let me just say this. The church is God's idea. And the church, you and I, as we gather together corporately, and what comes out of that corporate environment and the, the anointing and the power and the hope and the vision and the dream that comes out of that setting is going to change the world. You watch and see. We're going to change the world because of what we can do together. You know, if you look at a, a, a team sport, the, the team gets the points, not the individual. And that's what we're talking about here today. So let's move on now. Chapter 20, uh, verse 27, it says, In these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, and then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout the world 
which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Let me say this about Agabus. You're going to see him again in chapter 21, and I will point out to, to you that when we get there. But this guy is spot on. He is telling them what's going to happen, and you'll see later he does the same thing. Uh, and, and I'll talk about prophets maybe later when I get to that, that point. Verse 29, Then the disciples, each according to his own ability, determined to send relief to the brethren, brethren dwelling in Judea. And this they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So here we see even then that these people are taking up an offering to send back to this place hampered and, and hindered by drought and famine. And they're giving now financially into the lives of these believers, much like we would give to the mission field or much like we would give into our local church. It's going to then feed and clothe and help people. Uh, let me just say this. There is a thought out there that if we hearken back to chapter 4, and it talks about them having all things in common, and they were selling their land, and they were all taking care of one another and living sort of communally, some people have said that, that this is why now they are in lack and poverty. I don't necessarily believe that. Uh, I believe that, that there's a famine. And I think in, in a time of famine and there's a, a, a drought, then things get tough for everybody. Um, but that's just one thought that's out there. I thought I would throw that out. But friend, that's, uh, that's it for uh, chapter number 11. That's where we're going to stop today. That's all of our time, as a matter of fact. But just be encouraged that God has a plan for you, and His big plan for you is to get connected in a local church. Not just for what you can get out of it. Remember, you're not just a guest, but you're a host. What can you put in? What can you give? How can you encourage somebody else? I think if you start focusing on that, you'll see that your life will change in a dramatic fashion. Amen? Well, listen, thank you for being with me, and I'll see you tomorrow right here on the podcast.